Okay, uh, I want us to talk about this. Uh, let's get straight into these words, which is where we started off at the beginning of the year. Uh, my prayer is not for them alone. This is Jesus praying. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. All of them. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one. As we are one, I in them and you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It seems that oneness is what's going to change our world. That's what Jesus actually prays for, despite us seemingly chasing lots of other things, that actually oneness is what will mean people understand and see and get why Jesus came, and they'll understand that they are loved even as the Father has loved the Son. And it's a deep sense of oneness that Jesus prays for, because he prays we might be one as the Father and Son are one. That's more than being friends. It's more than a couple of churches having a joint service. That's wonderful. It's about being together. But oneness is more than being together. Oneness is more than being friends. And we are called to oneness, not just togetherness. And as a general rule, church is doing all right at being together. But in terms of being one, that's a whole other ballgame. And, um, and I want to speak a little bit into that. Because this oneness is only possible when you learn to love and learn to receive love. You cannot be one without loving and being loved. Because, of course, at the heart of the Father and the Son, there is love. God is love. That's what he says. And as Anchor reminded us last week, it's like you have, a, you have two wells of love, two pots of love on the inside of you. There's your natural love that actually God gave you in the first place, but everybody, it seems, has it. Uh, to one degree or another anyway, as we'll explore. But then there's also what the Bible talks about, divine love, God's love that he's poured into our hearts. And I want to talk about that. Uh, let's whiz past there. Um, but to love like Jesus loves the Son, uh, well, he does love himself, doesn't he? Like Jesus loves the Father and the Father loves the Son uh, is a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Because we struggle to be one with those we are closest to. We're good at being together with those we are close to, but to be, to be actually one together, that's, that's a bit of a tougher order. And Jesus prays not that just you would be one with two or three people, but that they all may be one. That's his prayer, that you're a bit of one with everybody. Well, that seems rather difficult, doesn't it? Because just being one together is hard enough. But... Uh, I want to talk about what we might need to do to move towards that place. You'll be pleased to know I have done some artwork. Don't, don't mock. It's just different. Thank you. You see, Leon has the heart of God in him to declare what I have created is good. Because that's what God does. He says he creates it and it's good. Look at that. That is Picasso quality through my eyes. Okay, we are going to use my incredible Picasso quality artwork to, um, 
to help us understand something at a deeper level. This is not new. Uh, in that sense, it's probably not new to any of you, but I actually think there's a new depth that we've got to grasp it somehow. And I think it's going to really help us in these coming days because right now, there are lots of people that need loving. But we'll get on to that. So, uh, these are two people, uh, and that's God, who's... Yeah, I've tried to do him as a cloud, Anna. But anyway, you'll, you'll see. Uh, they both have two wells within them, two gaps, two holes, two vacuums. One is blue and one is red. The red one is their need for the love of God. Their blue one is their need for love that we and I give without even knowing the love of God. Although it is actually his love, but it, the diagram got a bit complicated, okay? So just <laughs> think of them. I had to keep it simple, all right? So just think of them as separate for now, okay? So they have their own natural ability to love, which is, which is the blue, and then they have this red kind of vacuum. And of course, God loves them both. No matter who they are, where they are, what they've done, his love is shed abroad, it's, it's reaching out to everybody. So the love of God is reaching out to everybody. But what we know is that unless that person receives the love of God, it can't actually infiltrate them and connect with them and, and do that stuff. So he loves everybody, but it can't actually kind of reach out. And God's desire is to fill our hearts with his love. That's how we were designed to be. And only when we experience it can we actually become whole. There is no other way of being whole other than being filled with the love of God. It's just not possible. And I've talked to many, 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 many people who have tried many, many different ways of doing it, and not one of them has found that it's worked other than the love of God, which is why, of course, our message is so important. Because we have the only thing that works. No, hear me now. You, you have the only thing that works. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that works. Ty, did anything else you tried worked? No. But the, no, let's not jump too far ahead. Okay, sorry. And of course, these people, they can love one another. So they, like, like everybody, like we do, we love each other. So out of their own natural well of love, they love each other and they receive a measure of love. So they are loved to a degree. With the measure of love that the person that's loving them has got, they are loved to a degree. And of course, the love you have available to you depends on the love that was deposited in you. The love that is available to you depends on the love that was deposited in you. Some people have been loved well by those around them. And those people find it easier to love people. And in particular, they find it easier to receive love from those around them. Some people as children, they had a mum and a dad who were able to express love to them to a reasonable level of care and love. Those people grow up to be adults who are, find it easier to receive and give love. Not everyone, though, is so lucky. And in fact, these days, less and less people are that lucky. Some people were not loved well by those around them, whether they were children or adults, but particularly in their childhood, particularly when they were growing up. And because they didn't see love outworked well, they struggled to walk in what those who were luckier might call normal relationships. Although what, what you might call normal is actually abnormal. You realise that now, if you, have a, if you have a stable relationship with most of your family members, that is not normal now. If you have a stable relationship with your parents and your children, that is not particularly normal in our society right now. It's painful and it's sad and it's horrific, but it's true. 
But if you experience that, you are extremely lucky. You might want to use the word blessed, but sometimes it's just pure luck of the draw. And of course, if you didn't receive that, that's not your fault. Most people who didn't receive it blame themselves. But we'll talk more about that, hopefully, in a week's time. There's some fascinating things. There's been some major study called ACES study, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And those who had suffered multiple negative experiences, when we mean negative experiences, we don't, that could be uh, being brought up in poverty, it can be seeing parents divorced, or it can mean suffering some form of abuse of some kind. The truth is that in a major study of adverse childhood experiences, those who had suffered multiple negative experiences, which I think is defined as three or four, are much more likely as adults to suffer from financial problems, to be on antidepressants, to become alcohol or drug dependent, to suffer abuse later in life or, or abuse somebody else later in life. Your chances of you doing well if you are not loved as a child severely go down. It's a fact. And I share that with you. Because a lack of love growing up matters much more than we realise. And it's helpful because when you understand this, it's much easier to move in compassion for people. You start to understand that their troubles are not their fault. They didn't ask to live like that. They didn't ask to go through those things. But actually, they were never properly loved. And it's much harder for them than you realise to do even the basic things well. So what you realise is when people struggle, when they find it difficult, the, the correct God response is one of compassion. Remember the phrase, and when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And so the correct response to people panic buying is compassion. The correct response to people stocking up on things and self-isolating, even though they have no symptoms and totally not following the advice, is Compassion, because they do not know a better way. Because they've never been shown a better way. Because nobody's loved them in a better way. I don't think God gets upset and angry about people stocking up on toilet rolls. I think he cries his eyes out. I think he cries his eyes out. And if you're getting angry about it, then you need to get a God about it and get his heart for them. That's what we've got to do more and more, get his heart for people. And one of the things next week, at the moment, it's going to happen. We'll see where this whole thing goes and the advice goes. But at the moment, next Sunday night, I'm going to do perspectives. And I'm going to talk about trauma. And I'm going to talk about... And, and, and it, this is really important for you who do not... Well, you've all been traumatised one way or another, actually. But, but particularly, if you kind of look at your thinking like, oh, I've had, a, I've had a pretty good life. You're the people that need to be there because I want you to understand what it's like to not have had a good life. I want you to understand what it's like to not know that mum and dad love you. I want you to understand what it's like to go through these things so you can help other people because we need to be fuller of compassion. I want you to understand how to help people. Why might somebody have a panic attack and what can we do to help them? When somebody starts breaking down, what can we actually do? What's going on in the mind and the brain? Because when you start to understand that when somebody has a panic attack, their rational brain switches off, trying to tell them to calm down is a waste of time. Because their rational brain is completely switched off in that moment. But if you don't understand that, you can't help them. And I want to share that sort of stuff with you. And if we don't do it on Sunday night, we'll do it at some point. 
So, where we are, these people are trying to love one another. Okay, um, there we go. Let's do that. Okay, so this person, this person has, has, somebody's told them about Jesus, they've discovered Jesus, they've found Jesus. Now the love of God is filling his heart, her heart, their heart. And this is now wonderful. Something goes on, something's different in them, as uh, hopefully you have all experienced. That now means that this person can share that love. But look where that love goes. Even when you get the love of God, it doesn't fill their need for divine love. Because you loving them doesn't meet everything. You loving them gives you an overflow of love. You could say that Jesus' love is like gold and natural love's like silver. But you, you don't kind of give up your silver when you get your gold. You just become richer. You just have more to give. You just become fuller. Now both are wells of something in them and we express uh, his love and our love. And we may not feel or experience that in our emotions. That's not really the issue. The issue is you are full. And according to Romans 5.5, 5, it says his love has been poured out in our hearts. So if you have said yes to Jesus, his love has already been poured out into your heart. Of course. Whether you know that to be your truth or not, he's a whole of the ballgame. It's the truth. But it may or may not be your truth. And although our friend on, on the left is more loved than ever, no, the right, is more loved than ever. So this, this person here is enjoying it. Suddenly he's been loved more than ever. Suddenly somebody's making meals for him, somebody's taking him somewhere, somebody's, somebody's inviting him to do things. He's like, this is great. The problem is there's still an aching void on the inside of him. There's still an aching void on the inside of him. We can and should love people with all the love we can muster, but we've also got to work hard at telling them where that love comes from. Because they won't work it out by themselves. They'll just think you're a nice person. Because there's more nicer people than you out there who don't know Jesus. I don't know whether you've noticed, but there is. There's nicer people than you. There's lovelier people than you. There's more loving people than you. And they don't even know Jesus. Of course, they don't know. They do actually know Jesus. They just haven't named him yet. Because the only reason they can be like that is because of Jesus. But, they've not, but they need somebody to go, hey, you know the reason you're so lovely is because of Jesus. He needs to have a name to him. So as well as loving people, we've got to tell them about this love that we have for them and that they experience. Of course, the ultimate place you want to be is this. Where your friend now comes to know Jesus, and now you're both better off. Now you're both better off. This is not just about them, because now you receive their love. So instead of you just giving it away, now it's, it's starting to flow back to you. So this is beautiful. Look at that piece of art. It's just so good. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. I might keep it, it might go up in value. <laughs> but this is true, okay? You are divine lovers, but his love has been poured out in your heart. But this is the challenge. You don't automatically love like God just because his love has been poured out into your heart. His love's been poured out into your heart, but now your task is to learn to think and act and react like that divine love that you already possess divine love in you has to start throwing through you to go somewhere and it needs to be outworked through you because you have a unique role to play on the earth as a human being that God cannot do because this statement is true I know we sing some worship songs that did doubt it but it's, it's a lie because when Adam was in the garden 
with God in perfection. God said it is not good for man to be alone. But he was in a perfect garden with God. But God says he's alone. Well, clearly, being on your own in perfection with Jesus is not enough. Otherwise, why make Eve? That's what he says. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. In other words, there's some things that actually he needs from somebody else. And when they both learn to love me, and when they learn to do what I do, they'll, they'll be complete, as I'll show you in a minute. It's impossible to be complete without his love and one another's love. Even with just the love of Jesus, you can't be complete. Let me show you, because some of you are good. He's, he's going off on his heretic lines again. In order for Adam to be completely fulfilled in everything, he needed someone else. The person that God made him to be was created and designed to be with people. Love can only operate when there are people to love and people to love us. This, though, places us in a dilemma because to love means to be vulnerable. It means to open ourselves up to pain and hurt. But the incredible writer C.S. Lewis looked at it this way. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. And just imagine, that's why when you've been hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt again, you don't want to love anybody anymore. I understand that. I get that. When people have said, oh, I'm going to love you, I'm love you, and then they've done the opposite time and time and time and time again, why would you want to risk that again? I get that. I, I always think, you know, the bravest people in our world and those people who have gone through life for decades and people have told them that they're loved but then done the exact opposite, for them to stand up and allow themselves to be loved again and to love somebody again is the bravest thing I have ever seen. It's the bravest thing ever. Because they know more than anybody that to love is to be vulnerable. And that means their heart might be wrung and possibly be broken again. And when it's already in a million pieces, you don't want it to be broken again. No, that's the whole of the message. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable and irredeemable. The first thing we have to know is that to love at all, that to love is also to open yourself up to her. And because we are all human beings who are not yet perfect, you will get her. But to not love is to choose an even more painful path. Let me go to this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Which must mean that if we don't love one another, his love is incomplete in us. In other words, without loving one another, you cannot be complete. That's just a logical statement from John's words. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The word complete here means to add what is yet wanting in order to render a thing full. In other words, even the love of God poured out into our hearts don't quite 
give us everything we can have if we don't start reaching out to those around us. If you want to experience the fullness of the love of God, if you have ever said you want to be full of the love of God, then it's possible, but not on your own. It seems clear to me it's impossible to be complete in the love of God on your own. To be complete, we must learn to love one another. We must learn to give out that love and must learn to receive that love from those who are giving it out. But of course, to love one another is to be vulnerable. This is the paradox of love. When you put yourself in a position to be made whole, to be made complete, you find yourself at risk of being torn apart. To experience the joy of being whole, you must risk the pain of being broken. And I wish that it was another way. But that's why we need people who know they are loved. And it's why we need people who are willing to walk with people for as long as they want to be walked with. Because lots of people have loved people, but eventually, this is what I've seen time and time again, lots of people have tried to walk with people and help people, uh, whether that's in churches or whether they're even therapists and counsellors. But if those people who are walking with somebody don't have somebody around them, if they're not loved and they don't have a whole team around them, eventually it gets too much. And what happens is the cycle just continues. And what happens is people keep on getting hurt. Not because people don't want to reach out. Lots of people want to reach out. But those people who are reaching out have themselves got to learn to be loved. And have themselves got to learn to process and talk and share. If we love one another, God loves in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. God is love and God is a lover. He is the best lover. We are made in his image and he loves to love. So part of our DNA is our ability to love those around us. Every child is born with a desire to love and be loved. It's innate in us. It's why children, even children in homes where they are not loved, continue reaching out to find love. Because they're desperate for it, because they know, even at two, three, four, five, every child knows that I need to be loved. And so they try and find that love somewhere. And if it's not found in where they think it might be, or it's found somewhere else, they'll just go find it somewhere. You realise that the reason that in London we have these issues with, with gangs is because they want a family and they've found a family. They want to be part of a family. And it's the only expression they know of family. It's all they know. And of course, we are designed to be givers, and especially givers of love. But it's difficult for us to be givers of love if we've not yet learned to be receivers of love. Which means it's vital we learn how to receive the love of the Father that flows towards us. And the issue is not his love towards us. There's no issue with supply. The issue is with receiving it. The issue is with you agreeing with it and receiving it. And of course, depending on where you're at on your journey, that can be really difficult. I was talking to a gentleman on Friday who did five years, as one day a week as a chaplain in a Category A prison. And he worked in the prison within the prison, which is where the lifers are, or those who might never get out. And he said, after talking to these people, he said, these prisoners who had done some of the most horrific things, he said they got stuck. He was, he was, he was talking to Jesus about them. He said one, one person out of five years had an experience with Jesus in his cell, 
and came to know Jesus. He said, but everybody else got stuck on can I be forgiven and can I be loved? He said, no other prisoner could get past the thought that they could be loved. They knew what they'd done and the thought that they could be loved and they could be forgiven was too big to bear. And after five years of working with these guys, none of them could manage to do it. I don't know about you, but that makes me cry. It just makes me cry. The issue is not his love towards us. The issue is with receiving it. And of course, many of us suffer under lies that we're nothing and no one. And so the idea that somebody loves us is like... But according to Jesus in Matthew 16, 24, we are meant to deny ourselves. In other words, deny those things that actually kind of... Those lies that come against us, those things that tell not, and that's the whole sermon I know, but... But he just meant we've got to start more and more release faith on the outside of ourselves to receive that love and thank him for his love. Because the more you are secure in the love of the Father, the more you're able to love your brothers and sisters and those who, and by that I mean brothers and sisters as in everybody, because they're all your brothers and sisters. Some of them just don't know Jesus yet. But the issue is not his love. The issue is us choosing to receive his love, which requires an act of faith. And I was thinking, you know, this time, I don't know what you could do with show love. But there may be some elderly people in your street who don't want to go out, who need something. There may be some way you could put a leaflet through the door and offer to go to the shops for them and just leave it in a carrier bag outside. And there may be ways we can do it. I was thinking maybe I should, maybe we should email our local councillors and go, what can we do? I mean, if we're all going to be off work for a few weeks, we may as well do something useful, may not we? But I, I want, I, you know, in, in Chinese, they use two characters for the word crisis. One character is the word danger, one character is the word opportunity. And that in every crisis, there is danger and opportunity. And in the crisis that our world faces right now, there is both danger and there is opportunity. And I, for one, want to find every opportunity to love people. You see, the reason. The reason that people are panicking is because you would panic if you didn't know peace. If you had no internal peace anywhere, and you're already stressed out and anxious about everything, then when this comes along, it's just too much. So you just do, you you actually, and and, and it's irrational because actually it's all about survival. It's not even, they're not even using the rational brain. It's all about the limbic brain, which is just like, I need to survive, I need to survive, I need to survive. And actually, I want this to be a moment and I, Edna, do you want to come? I, Edna had a word, and I think she's got a shit that she got this morning. Have you got the mic? And I think she's meant to share it now. And I don't quite know where we're going to go after this, but you share it, love. Because I don't think you quite know where we're going to go either, but we're going to trust God and listen to women. I'm afraid now, because what I, what I got this morning doesn't seem... So it fits in, but I'll just have yeah, to do it. I believe it does. Six o'clock this morning, the Lord said to me, go to the church tomorrow and tell everybody to kneel and repent. I don't want you to get down now. He said, if you can't kneel, I even said this, if you can't kneel, you bend in contrition. Contrition. 
we're carrying things he doesn't want us to carry. And I think the kneeling is our willingness to say we'll give them up. And many times we think we've given everything up. And yet that's what I said to the Lord this morning. Well, what about me? And he showed me two things. And they're burdens. And he said his burden's light. And he doesn't want us carrying them. And I really believe if we kneel and give them up, we are on a new journey. We are really. It's not just week in, week out. It's we're different. It's going to be different. He's trying to get through to us that we're going to be different. There are things in our minds, in our hearts that have to go. There are people here with marriage problems. There are people here with family problems. There are all kinds of problems and we're carrying them. We're carrying them and we're not giving them over. People have been hurt. What he's saying is right and we'll still get hurt. But we have God and if we're willing to be different, they do have to leave a stain on us. A stain that will never go. It will go. He's saying to us, I'll remove it. I can take it away completely and utterly. And you can be really, really free. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to be burdened with things that you've hung on to for years. They can go. I don't know whether I'm making any sense to any of you. So, will you kneel? For each one of you, it's different. Even for you you young men here, it's different. You things to let go. Your dad said the other week that you think, he's the favourite, he's the favourite, she's the favourite. It was like that in my house. And you can't believe your parents have no favourites. I could tell you who I thought my sister was the favourite to my dad. But he didn't. He loved all of us just the same. And Father God loves us all just the same. Heavenly Father, I need you. Thank you, Father. You see, while you carry all that weight, it's difficult to look outside yourself. And so it makes it very difficult to be able to love people when you're carrying all that weight. That's, that's why it's right. Because we, we are being called in these next few weeks and, and months even to love like we've never loved before. But in order to do that, God wants to take some things off us so we can reach out further. He's not asking you to reach out more with what you already carry he's asking you to give it up because he honestly wants to take it from you so Father I ask right now that you'd speak to each and every one of us Lord in our hearts exactly where we are Father those things that are on our minds Lord and Lord give us the courage and the boldness to dare to give you that which is weighing us down Father let us be bold in our asking Father and bold in our faith Just take some moments now and give it to him.